The following message is presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Now the message. I want to thank you for allowing us to be here today to uh, give a message on the Gideons. And this past Saturday, a week ago, Saturday on the 29th, we were down at Angola Prison. And that was my first time to go there. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. We all know that our world is in a mess. You know, we've got wars and rampant drug abuse, unseemingly ever-growing and unchecked violence, human trafficking and laws that are beyond, well outside of the God's Word. And the list goes on and on. And, you know, an issue that affects us all, of course, is the cost of living, how that's run up. That uh, impacts each one of us. In fact, every evening when we go down to the chicken coop to gather eggs, I kind of feel like we won a prize when most of those girls are producing. But on a seriously positive note, I'm sure you all heard about the revival at Ashbury University in Kentucky. The report I read said that there were approximately 15,000 people a day in attendance there. And in that town of Wilmore, Kentucky, there were about 50,000 visitors there. We, I think we should all pray. There's a song talked about sending revival in my heart. We need a revival in our nation. And we should all pray that that spark at Ashbury grows and spreads like a wildfire. Wouldn't it be a blessing if we were to get a, another Billy Graham that comes out of that and would, would continue to spread his word? If ever there was a time we, that revival is needed, it's now. And I suggest we need to keep that in our prayer list, in our daily prayer list. You know, you'll be familiar with this scripture, I'm sure, but in 2 Corinthians 7.14, where it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Of course, you know that that's in chapter 6, Solomon's praying to God, and in chapter 7, God's speaking back to him. And that was for the Israelites, but I'm telling you, I believe that that's for us here today, just as Paul talked about in 2 Timothy 3.16 when he says, talks about Scripture, meaning he's talking about Old Testament Scripture. But he's saying that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. You know, and it's something for us to live by, I believe. But regardless of what each day brings, whether it's good or bad, we can be confident, as has been said earlier, that our God is in control. And nothing, we can all take faith in that and confidence in that, nothing can separate us from God. Just as it says in Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus the Lord. In our day-to-day life, as we listen to the news, God bless us all, 
You know, we hear of uh, illogical rules being made, decisions being made, which I certainly can't understand, and I'm, I'm sure you're with me on that. However, in the midst of all, we can be confident that our God is in control. Just as it says in Proverbs 21.1, it says, The king's heart is like a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. It turns wherever he will. Now, of course, we don't have kings, although sometimes the people at the top of our government seem to think that they are. But we just need to keep that in prayer and know that God is always in control. In any case, I'd say that our job is to keep trusting in God and allow Him to direct our paths. Just as it says in one of my favorite scriptures, and many of my favorite scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He'll make your path straight, or He'll direct you. I, I firmly believe that, and I hope that each and every one of you do as well. My hope and prayer today, <clears throat> excuse me, is to leave you with a good understanding about what the Gideons have been up to and what they're doing, and if you to know that clearly that we can't succeed without your support. You and churches like yours are integral parts of this ministry, and you enable this ministry through financial support and prayer and as a source of new Gideons. The objective of the Gideons is to reach others through Christ. And we do that through uh, the Association of Christian Men and by personal testimony of these same individuals and by Bible distribution, which is probably one of the more visible things you'd see from the Gideons. This, uh, I want to share a couple of testimonies which give evidence. I'll share a few of those which give evidence of the fruits of those efforts. And the first one comes from Indonesia. Hermosillo was raised in a devout Muslim family in Indonesia. One day, Gideons from nearby camp distributed testaments to the Navy base where he and his family lived. His dad was an officer at the base, and he brought home a testament. And Hermosillo asked him, you know, Dad, what is that? And he told him, that's the Holy Quran of the Christians. When his father was back at work, Hermosillo went to his father's bedroom and got that Bible and started reading it. And he was particularly affected by the words in John fourteen six. But moreover, he read this Bible in front of the mirror just like he was preaching it. And since that time, he's received Jesus Christ as his Lord, and he was baptized in 1993 after graduating from high school. Of course, as you'd hear, you know, his... In a Muslim family, his father strongly protested, you know, him converting to Christianity. And I, if you hear the, in the most extreme cases, you know, people are totally ostracized from their family or perhaps persecuted or, or even perhaps killed. But his father eventually came to know the Lord as well. We need to be in prayer for his uh, family because his mother and three sisters and brother are still devout Muslims. He, did, he went ahead and, and entered a Bible school and became an ordained pastor, and he's a, a youth minister today. The other testimony comes from Mozambique, from a prison in Mozambique. This man said, I'm tired of all the things in my heart, this inmate exclaimed, after hearing a team of Gideons share the gospel. 
in the prison where he was. Following the close in prayer, Victor approached Gideon and said, I'm tired of carrying this burden of guilt in my heart. I'm tired of all the things in my heart and I want to be saved. What church can I go to when I leave here? The Gideon shared with him that he didn't have to wait, you know, to go to a church, you know, to be saved. That he could do that then and now. And they led him through the path to salvation. And, and also told him, you know, to be praying for God's guidance. So when he left that prison that he could find the right church to attend. And we all need to be lifted up by fellow believers. And, of course, he would need that as well. And he immediately knelt and prayed for Jesus to become his personal Savior. In any case, regardless of what's uh, taking place in our world, we all, we all need just Jesus, don't we? These, these testimonies underscore the, the fact that the Lord's Word will accomplish its purpose, just as it says in, that, in the Scripture in Isaiah 55, 11. So will my word be that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, and it will accomplish that which I propose which I purpose, and it will succeed in doing the thing for which I sent it. You know, the Gideon's marching order, just like the marching orders for all Christians, comes from the Great Commission. And you'd be familiar with that in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey Everything I have commanded you, surely and surely I am with you till the very end of the age. God is with us always. We know that. And we need Him every day. In line with this scripture, all Christians need to be prepared to witness. And of course, our behavior is our first witness. You know, what do people see when they watch us react to some maybe exciting situation or They're watching us to see, you know, how does a Christian act? And so we need to be mindful of that in all cases, but we also need to be prepared to lead them through the steps of salvation. And the the plan of salvation, of course, is included in the Bibles that you'd see here, and I think in nearly all of them. uh, But nonetheless, if you don't have one of those handy, you need to know how to lead somebody to salvation. You know, and, and oftentimes you'd ask somebody, are you a Christian? And they'd tell you, yeah. And then if you ask a little bit deeper, it turns out they've got an un, a bit of an understanding, but maybe they don't have, they haven't received the king as the head of their lives. And we just need to be able to help them through that. If, you have, if you've never been through a, a, a course to teach you, you know, how to witness properly, I'd encourage you to do that. There's a really good one, one conversation that's, was started by a pastor, John Metter, in Euless, Texas. You can look that up online. It's, it's really a good one, and it's simple and straightforward. But we each need to do our part to further God's Word. And we do that through prayer support and our finances. And, it's, you know, it's really just like the uh, examples. Everybody's got a role to play. It's just like the examples of Mary and Martha and Lazarus in the scripture. And you'd know that passage well, I'm sure. You know, Jesus came to see them after he had raised Lazarus from the dead. And there were many people there. And, excuse me, 
Martha was working hard to serve everyone. You know, in another reference, it said, you know, she goes to Jesus and said, you know, don't you want to make my sister to help me? She was really working hard, and Jesus pointed out that she was doing what she needed to do. Mary was doing what she needed to do. Martha's job was serving. And then, and then Mary, of course, you'd know about that. You know, she took this expensive jar of perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet and washed his feet, wiped his feet with her hair. So in that instance, in that example, we'd see that Martha was working and Mary was worshiping. And Lazarus, of course, he was the witness as he had been raised from the dead. We each have our own role to play. And, of course, churches such as yours, you know, are certainly involved in the ministry, as I've said earlier, and, and as a source of new Gideons. I know there's some Gideons in here today, you know, as well, you know. But uh, the Gideons are international in scope. In fact, uh, the, there's a Gideon presence in more countries than the U.S. has, you know, an embassy or representation around the world. Bibles have been printed in over 100 languages and distributed in over 200 countries and territories. And uh, what I would tell you, you know, is last year the Gideons had a milestone. Actually, in late in the fall, it actually had hit the mark where they had distributed two and a half billion Bibles since its inception back in 1908. You know, and so it's a, it's a big undertaking. This past year, the camp here in Sabine had its biggest year ever as far as Bible distribution was concerned. And uh, at, they had a distribution back in October, we did, back, and uh, there were 2,400 Bibles given out at Northwestern and at Louisiana Tech. During the Christmas parades around the parish, there was another 5,000 Bibles and New Testaments given out. In the schools, uh, there were 1,800. We had the opportunity to go to the Manny Elementary, and those little kids were happy to get those New Testaments that we handed out. There were another 1,250 given out at uh, the nursing homes and in the medical center and to the police. You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, that we had the opportunity to go to, to Angola a week ago Saturday. And I can frankly tell you I was pretty apprehensive about that since that was my first time in a certain situation like that. Gideon's from the, the parish that went. There was Bobby Williams and Bob Allardyce, who's actually now in Vernon Parish, but he was with us. Tony Settles, Winston Hodge, and myself. There were 37 of us all together, including a couple of guys from Oklahoma. And that where you came? There you go. Go Oklahoma. Prior to the visit, we spent a lot of time in prayer and uh, asking that God would be with us, that he would direct us in what we should say. Now, I guess that was one of my biggest concerns. What do you, I, don't, I don't have trouble relating to that. How do I talk to somebody that's in prison? I, can't, I have trouble relating to that circumstance, thank God. But uh, we, we, uh, we did spend a lot of time in preparation, and that was key. And when we got there and we went on through all the process and then there was a you know there's a seminary you might well know this there's a seminary at that prison on the grounds of the Angola prison it's a an offshoot or supported by the Southern Baptist Seminary in New Orleans and the 
the director, that led us in prayer, and then we were broken up into groups and went out to various camps. I think there were four different camps we visited, plus uh, one group went to death row. When we got into the camp that we went to, or that I was involved in, well, you know, there are dormitories and cell blocks, and in those dormitories there are about 75 inmates in a big open area, four rows of bunks and so on. And I was, as I was saying, I was apprehensive about what exactly am I going to say to start this conversation. Well, of course, the commonality we have is God. That seminary is doing a powerful work in that prison. When I walked into that dormitory and went over a few steps, there was a guy that walked up to me. Most of them were standing by their bunks. He walked up to me and he started outpouring what God had done in his life. He's there in life sentence. He's been about 10 years and he'd gone through the steps that he outlined to me that you know would make him eligible for parole, which he has a hearing coming up this month. And so he had, his prayer request was that, obviously, that he wanted to be paroled. And then, and then further to that, he wanted us to pray that he would be strong when he's back outside so he would stay straight. And I talked to him, had the opportunity to talk to him about the importance of affiliating himself with a Bible-believing church and with friends that would lift him up and help him stay straight rather than falling back into whatever had gotten him there in the first instance. And, of course, then we went into the cell blocks, and there were two people per cell, and that was even a little more stressful for me to see that. You know, I, I can't imagine spending your life in that cell. But those guys, for the most part, I think, you know, I talked to, I couldn't tell you how many I talked to specifically, but quite a number, and all but three, there was one Muslim, one guy that said he was a Rastafarian, I believe, and another one that just really didn't want to talk. But they all, with the exception of those three, they all said that they were Christians. And I can believe that, you know, based on the presence of that seminary there. In fact, you know, our, you know we, we know that. Our, we serve a great and mighty God. And He's with us everywhere we go, regardless of our circumstances. If you don't believe that, go to a place like that and see Christians there. There were 23 people that received salvation during our visit, including some guards. And so it was such a blessing. We gave out 1,673 Bibles or New Testaments, including 111 uh, Spanish-language Bibles. And as we walked through those you know, inmates and talking to them, some of them encouraged us, like the first one that I talked to there, very encouraging. Uh, some of them were thanking us for being there. You know, we handed out lots of Bibles, as I mentioned. There were a few that wondered, you know, why we were there. We hadn't, I don't guess we'd been there since, uh, hadn't had the opportunity to go there since COVID, so a few years ago. So some of them hadn't experienced that before. It was, there were a lot of, of them in there that had Bibles that they were reading. And we did our best to share that God you know, was with them always, just like that scripture says. And we were going through the, the different areas. I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of the inmate chaplains. One of them I spoke to for quite a bit, Jerry. He had been in there. He was, I think he's coming on his 39th year. He'd been there in prison. He'd been working, you know, his way through that seminary. And, I mean, that guy was full of the Holy Spirit. 
and they're doing a work. And another one that hadn't been there all that long, but again, he was really uplifted by the you know work in that seminary. They're, they're doing a great work, and they're able to minister to all of those inmates. I want to share a, a, what I thought was a particularly poignant testimony, and it talks about God's response to a single mother's desperate prayer for help. Said Terry Hensley was a single mother working a full-time job, and life was tough. She believed her life was meaningless and was spiraling downhill. And when she looked in the mirror, what she saw was a failure. She'd reached bottom, and she found herself finally sitting in a dark closet with a pistol in her hand. And she was planning to end her life. In desperation, she cried out to God, and for some reason... I should not end my life right here, right now. You need to do something. Just then, her son burst through the front door, shouting, Mama, Mama, come look what I have. Terry put the pistol away and composed herself as much as she could and went out to meet her son. He was carrying a New Testament that a Gideon had given him that day. And a Gideon was listening and doing God's will, and though he had no idea that life, a life was simply, you know, literally seconds away from eternity, as Terry said, that day she and her son opened God's Word and began a journey of faith. If that doesn't touch you, I don't know what does. It doesn't me. I just about can't reading it without getting overcome. So we need your support, as I've said, and as you, you're aware. And we, you know, in the in the church, you'll find some cards, you know, for ongoing purchase of Bible. You'd see a, a variety of those, you know, in thinking of you, in remembrance of you, or whatever the occasion might be. At the back of the church, back there, there's some uh, donation cards or slips that you can use, and you can give, you know, in whatever fashion it suits you, whether it's cash or check or credit card. We'll take it all. Uh, just for your reference, you know, hotel Bibles run about $5 a piece, and the little New Testaments are for a case of hundreds, $156 today. Uh, there's also a pastor. These are meant for students' life books, you know, for, to hand out to young people to help them grow and strengthen. Uh, and then for those that, those that were your smartphone, or you can even download the Gideon Bible, you know, take an app, download the Gideon Bible to your phone. I want to stress that all donations you give to the Gideons go for the distribution and purchase of Bibles. You're not paying somebody's salary or expenses. These all go for distribution and purchase of Bibles. So what I'd ask that you prayerfully consider making a sacrificial gift today to help us provide help and healing to our world. And I'm, I'm sure you agree there's never been a more important time for us to spread the gospel than right now. Thank you for allowing me to be here today and to give you a message on the Gideons. Thank you. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ, or about the church, including contact information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Thank you for listening. 
and may God bless you.